Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. This is episode number 206. We've entitled it, What Do I Do? And I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I am joined by my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Yay! (laughs) Yay! Hello, (laughs) everyone out there in the big cat world, and hello to my beautiful wife. And this is another great episode, and I can't wait to talk about it because it's, again, one of those times where we have listeners that call in or write in and give us information and give us questions. So I'm glad to see this. Yeah, and they're great questions. Always great questions. And I know that if you guys are asked, one of you is asking a question, then probably many more of you are thinking it as well. So it's very important. Send me your questions. That's right. And so this listener goes on to say, I want to start with three questions. Wayfay sent this from Belgium. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Wayfay. Really appreciate that. So they go on to say, the first one is, I've started to take my young cat on weekly walks since Western Europe is currently going through a winter heat wave and the weather is nice and warm. Well, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to get your cat out. So It is. And I should say, too, Weifei is a first-time cat owner. She had actually, this is the second time she reached out to me. She reached out to me initially because she was getting a cat and, you know, had listened to the what to do before you bring a new cat home and podcasts about kittens and had really done a lot of great homework and and prepared and uh, and had some questions and so I gave her some advice and uh, and this was her kind of follow up and and reach out so just a little background okay well thank you for the background she goes on to say this is the second one that she has done in other words this is the second time she's taken her cat for a walk She says he loves it. He chases leaves around and scares the pigeons for fun. (laughs) We know how that would be. You can just see that. I bet he's just loving it. Sure. Loving it. And that's a good visual. Thank you, Wei-Fei. However, he also loves jumping into the dirty water puddles. And we've come (laughs) back home each time wet and dirty. So I gave him a bath using only warm water and a washcloth. My mother, who's had cats most of her life, before I was born even, thinks it's not a good idea to bathe a cat, even if they're dirty. So question Wayfei has got for you, Molly, is do you agree? And should, she goes on to say, should I just let him clean himself up? He likes water, but he hates being patted dry with a towel. I've seen no, I've seen no rinse shampoos at the pet store for cats, but I'm worried about him licking it when he grooms himself and the chemicals in it hurting him. Are they okay? Should I use any shampoo or soap? Do you recommend any brand type of shampoo? I've, I've been, I've seen mixed opinions about bathing cats in general. So I'm wondering what your opinion is, Molly. 
Well, <clears throat> you're brave if you're bathing a cat. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm surprised his reaction didn't discourage you from that activity from the beginning. Okay. I remember <clears throat> I had a cat way back. Um, gosh, I was very young and I, uh, I wanted to give it a bath. I can't remember now why it had gotten out and into something really super stinky. And so, you know, I thought, all right, we'll get a, a tub and in the backyard, <laughs> try to bathe this cat. And I had my mom helping me. And this cat literally ripped a vein out of my mother's arm. <laughs> it's a wonder, oh, it's a wonder she didn't crazy. die. I know it was horrible. Um, and I've since learned a lot about bathing cats. Um, clearly, though, this little guy likes water because he's jumping in puddles and... Um, and it sounds like he's having a ball, which is awesome. This enrichment that you're providing him is great. And definitely keep doing that. If you're going to totally submerse, bathe a cat, I suggest that you get a vat of really warm water, right? We need to remember that cats' body temperatures are 102, you know, ish, average, and of course, you know, we're 98. So if the water feels warm to us, it's probably cold to them. So think about getting water hot enough, like a hot tub level of water. Have two things of hot water. And I suggest that you bathe them in Dawn. And I don't know if they sell Dawn dish detergent around the globe, but I would imagine so. But Dawn is, you know, is safe for animals. Remember their commercials? They're the ones that bathed all the birds that got into the oil spills and things like that. It's it's very safe for animals. So Dawn is a mild, gentle, safe detergent to use. So put the cat slowly, and I suggest holding on to them very firmly. When you pick up the cat, you should be scooping under its butt and, you know, supporting its hind end. Go ahead and grab those back legs with that hand as well. And then lace your other hand through its front legs so that you kind of have control of the cat's movement if it does freak out. Um, dip the cat slowly into the hot water. It's really helpful if you have another person helping you. Put a little of the Dawn dish detergent on. Scrub him up really good, especially the areas that you're worried about smelling or being dirty. And then dip him into the hot clean water for a rinse and then right into a big towel that you can wrap him up in. Make sure they stay warm, you know, so so that, you know, you don't have to blow dry their hair. But if it's really cold, you don't want your cat catching a cold. So, you know, maybe take a space heater in a bathroom or something like that and put them in there while they're cleaning themselves. Put lots of fluffy towels and stuff so they can lay around and, and be warm and get themselves clean. But, but you know, that's, that's a process that can really stress a cat out. So it's perfectly fine to just use a warm washcloth, you know, kind of spot clean them in the same way. Go ahead and kind of get a washcloth wet with a little bit of Dawn detergent and rub in those dirty areas there and then maybe rinse it off a little bit. Um, I don't really recommend you using certainly not commercial soap or shampoos or anything like that. Um, there are bath wipes, cat bath wipes. If you go on Amazon, they're kind of some large 
wet wipes for cats that are safe, you can use those as well. But it sounds like he's having a ball. So way to go, Weifei. Whether you decide to bathe him or just let him clean himself up after splashing around in muddy puddles. You got to send us some pictures of that, by the way. I'd love to see a video or pictures of him chasing the pigeons and pouncing in these muddy puddles. That's just too adorable. Sounds like a puppy. (laughs) That's not normally what we would hear from most of our people that have, have cats. So, yeah, that would be interesting to see. So she goes on to ask her second question, which is, I feed him a mix of fresh raw meat, wet cat food, and freeze-dried meat. I feed him three to four times a day. I give him a portion of raw meat for breakfast, half a can at lunch, the other half around 3 p.m., and the freeze-dried meat around 11 p.m. Is it okay to mix up his food like that? Sometimes he gets an upset tummy, but it gets better in about a half a day. Could the way I feed him be causing that? Should I stick to a couple brands of wet food? Yeah. Um, so it's really not a good idea to be feeding our cats raw meat. Um, there is a lot of opportunity for E. coli and, and bacterial things and, and intestinals. Now, I mean, that being said, we feed our cat a raw diet, but it's a commercial raw food, right? It's made specifically for cats. So it's not just raw meat it's organs and bones and it's got extra you know supplements of taurine and omega-3 and things like that that cats need if we're just taking our chicken you know and thawing it and giving them you know raw chicken that's really not a complete meal and not the best thing you can do for your cat it can it it can upset the stomach a lot so and it's and you know you can make your own raw food at home but it's it's a process you know you have to make really sure that in every meal you have the exact right amount of of supplements and and all the amino acids that a cat needs and that's really hard for us to do and make sure it gets evenly distributed through it so there are many many great raw food you know manufacturers we're currently feeding Raws, R-A-W-Z, and Primal. Um, we feed both of those. So, you know, and and just sticking with a good quality canned food is great too. You know, don't feel like you have to feed your cat raw. But if you do, I, I, I don't know, you might want to go one way or the other. I suppose you could you could feed a mix of, of raw food and, and canned food. We're kind of kind of doing that right now because we have a foster and Pika likes to finish the foster's canned food when he's done with his raw food and I I allow it so and it doesn't seem to be messing up his stomach so I don't think the combination of a raw food and a canned food is an issue as long as you're getting the right kind of raw food but the other thing is that you know cats really don't need a variety in meal that's a that's a people thing we get tired of eating chicken every day but you know, they don't. And so I don't feel like you have to have variety for their taste buds or their flavor. One type and protein source is perfectly okay. But it's awesome. It's clear, Weifei, too, that you 
are really trying to take good care of this little guy. So I applaud you for that and applaud you for trying to feed him um, meals that are the most appropriate to his species. That's that's important. You're doing a great job. You're going to be an awesome cat mom. You already are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good job. So she goes on with a third question, which she says, the lady who raised Simba used wood pellets as litter, and Simba used it just fine. After discovering your podcast, I got him a softer litter and put it in a second litter box and kept and kept the wood pellet litter box. He only uses the wood pellet litter box. He gets the second litter box and digs around, but never uses it. Should I just let him use the wood pellet? I mean, a simple answer to that question is if he likes wood pellets and he's using the box, then, you know, let him, let him do that. As long as he's using the box and he grew up on it, you know, it's not wood pellets are not a natural choice for cats, right? What's natural to the species is more sandy types of substrate. So they typically don't like pellets, but you know, if when they were a kitten, that's all they used, then that's probably more normal to them. So, you know, I'd, I'd say, and if you have a multi-cat household, probably the softer substrate is going to be more attractive, but you offered him both. And you tried to to give him an option, and that's great. And he clearly told you, "No, I'm I'm fine with the pellets. It's good. I like the pellets." And so go with what he likes. You know, go with what he uses. If he ever develops a litter box issue in the future, obviously first rule out the fact that he's got a medical problem because if he's using his box consistently and then one day stops, that indicates something's going on. So, you know, rule that out and. He may decide as he gets older, he prefers the the softer litter. And if you want to change, you know, the other thing is our, our, our podcast last week talked about what makes cats unhappy. And one of the biggest things that makes cats unhappy is change. So if you're using wood pellets and you put out soft litter, that's a big change and an important resource to a cat. So if you really want to change the litter, then try mixing it you know, maybe 25% soft litter and 75% pellets. And then the next time you change the box, make it 50-50 and, you know, just kind of gradually change it so that he gets used to it. But bottom line, if he likes the pellets, stay with the pellets. <laughs> that's that's really interesting that she had that question and she's been listening to the podcast quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And she's really trying to do well. I mean, she's she's a great, great first-time cat mom. That's fantastic. It. Good job. I have a question for you, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Pico, our cat, I noticed the other day was sniffing the, the ground or the floor. And, you know, with his mouth, he's doing this funny thing that uh, he's breathing heavy, nose kind of tilts up. Oftentimes, we see horses do that sometimes when they're sniffing something in the air. Um, you know, you know, they bare their teeth a little bit. So is, is that something of the same thing? Well, it's called a, a flaming response, right? And, um, and yeah, horses actually do it. What it is, is, um, there's a, there's actually a, an organ inside the mouth, like in the roof of the mouth. And it's called a, 
uh, a vomeronasal organ. I never say that word right. I d- so it's also called a Jacobson's organ. That's what I'm going to call it, right? It was it was named after a Danish anatomist um, whose name was Jacobson back in the early 1800s. And um, so I, I try not to say vomeronasal. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> to say Jacobson's organ, but when they do it, it's called a Fleming response. And and yeah, several, um, lots of mammals actually do it. In fact, you know, you mentioned horses, mares will do it in those first few hours after giving birth, you know, to, to be really smelling that newborn foal, you know, they're pulling air over that Jacobson's organ so that they can smell it better, you know, and it's the same thing that we see when a snake sticks out its tongue. It's the same principle. It's it's doing the same thing. It's pulling that air over its Jacobson's organ. It helps helps them to hunt and track prey. And, you know, it may also be involved in detecting chemical signals related to, you know, sexual readiness in the wild. You know, they'll they'll over to smell the air really good. You know, they can also smell other pheromones in the air. They can smell, you know, aggressive pheromones and things like that. Cats in the shelter do too. It's kind of sad. And, you know, smelling their territory, making sure they're still in their territory. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, there's some amphibians like snakes, you know, reptiles and mammals um, all have it. Bison, the big cats do it. You see tigers doing it. Giraffes actually do it, and goats and llamas and hedgehogs and rhinoceroses and giant pandas and hippos and all kinds of things and and more. So yeah, it's actually more common in our animal nature world than than you would think. But us cat owners certainly see it in our cats and and think it's funny. We go, what are you smelling? A lot of times. You know, when they smell urine of another cat, they'll make that that flaming response to the urine smell. Again, that's a territorial thing. I'm smelling someone else in my territory. I got to get a really good whiff of this. Who did it? You know, who's in my territory, friend or foe? And cats really do live through their nose. You know, that is the most important, um, you know, sense to them, much more so than sight or sound or touch, sense of smell is the most important thing for a cat. And it's not just, you know, what comes through their nose. It's also what comes through their mouth over that Jacobson's organ. So that's a good question, Dewey. Thanks for asking. Yay, I got one in. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I expect to see more questions from you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but I would like to thank Waifei and her cat Simba. And I would really encourage anyone else who's listening to this podcast, do just like this. You know, you you do things with your cat, just write a little story about it, have a few questions about it. I mean, that's exactly what uh, helps Molly dig in and really get some good information back. As she mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, if you're thinking about it, maybe a lot of others are thinking about it too. So send us anything that you can think of. Send us questions, send us stories, you know, just a story sometimes is just good enough. Maybe there's no questions involved. Maybe you just want to tell the story about you and your cat and how you came together. 
because there's lots of those good stories that love to get passed around to different folks. Um, and you know what? Please send all that information to Molly at cattalkradio.com. And yeah. You know what? And we have Valentine's Day coming up. I'd love to do an episode if we had enough material on how did you meet your cat, right? Because Valentine's Day is all about finding love and matchmaking. So send me your stories about how you found your cat love. Yes. And I would also want to invite you to help support the work we do. We provide this podcast and other resources for free. And Molly works many behavior cases for free for low-income cat parents. Yeah, because I've, you know, I've dedicated my life to keeping cats out of shelters. And when cats have behavior problems in the home, that's a majority of a reason of why people surrender their cat to a shelter. They just can't live with it any longer. And that's valid, but there's help, right? We are amassing a huge, probably, you know, the world's largest database of cat behavior resources and information in Cat Talk Radio and our blogs and that kind of thing. So if you care about the plight of shelter cats, consider supporting us with a small gratuity donation. Any amount helps, and we've made it super easy. You just go to catbehaviorsolutions.org, and there's the Behavior Boutique, our store. And below all the products, there are donation amounts. So just click on one of those, and it'll go in your cart, and you can check out with a credit card from anywhere around the world. And we appreciate you helping to support our cause. And while you're in that store, be sure and look around a little bit, shop around a little bit. And as Molly said, there's lots of good things in the store. And there'll be new stuff coming up soon. I think we're going to go to the Global Pet Expo Expo here in the next few months. And uh, I'm sure she'll bring yeah. on more new products. So be sure to look for some of that stuff. But we've we've now, always got new products in the store, and and all of those proceeds go to benefit our nonprofit as well. And there are no salaries, believe it or not. Dewey does this for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me too. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And so we would like for you to also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. This is an all-volunteer-based podcast to help you take care of you and your your cat and increase the bond between you and your cat is going to be the best day of your life and when you're going to have a happy cat and you're going to have many <laughs> stories to share and send over to us. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the number one cause of death, of death in, in cats. cats. Yes, we always end our show with that because it is a sad fact that more cats are killed in shelters than any other way in our in our country so until next time everybody keep calm and purr on goodbye everybody you can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air in the u.s about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? 
on our website, cattalkradio.com. You'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.